still believe that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective? Are you still getting your boosters and saluting Big Pharma? Well, you might want to stop and reconsider what you've been told. Even though the United States government isn't wising up to the grift, the land down under sure is. The Australian Parliament held a hearing last week in the Senate's Education and Employment Legislation Committee. Witnesses from Pfizer Australia, Moderna, and the Australia's Therapeutic Goods Administration all testified. For a dose of misinformation you won't even believe, Big Pharma denied that anyone was forced to get the vaccine. Listen to this clip of Senator Pauline Hansen confronting Dr. Brian Hewitt, the head of regulatory sciences at Pfizer Australia. Um, Dr. Threw, you actually made a comment that no one was forced to have the vaccination. Who made the comment? Was it Dr. Thurin? I believe I You made that comment? Right. Mm -hmm. You were in Australia during COVID-19. You must have been fully aware that people, nurses, doctors, people to have their jobs, to keep their jobs, were forced to have the vaccination. Now, do you retract your statement that they were not forced? Uh, Senator, no. I, I believe firmly that nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Mandates or vaccine requirements are determined by governments and health authorities. I believe everybody was offered an opportunity to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. I don't believe that anybody was forced to take a vaccine. A lot of Australians will disagree with you on that one. Now, remember when Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA technology and an outspoken critic of the COVID-19 vaccine, said, quote, very soon there will be hundreds of health officials saying it was your choice. No one made you take it. Well, looks like that time has already come. Next, we have Australian Senator Alex Antic, who took aim at the vaccine by citing increases in myocarditis, going as far to call the vaccine one of the greatest scandals in medical history. Suddenly Take has featured quite a lot. Now, we know that myocarditis and pericarditis are two heart inflammation conditions well associated with the COVID mRNA injections. Even the Therapeutic Goods Association admits that. Yet, despite this well-established fact, the injections were mandated to thousands of Australians and speaking out about these incursions on freedom got one labelled an anti-vaxxer or a peddler of dangerous misinformation. Now, I've obtained data through Freedom of Information from SA Health in South Australia regarding the number of cardiac presentations per month in South Australian public hospitals since 2018. The data reveals that cardiac-related presentations for 15 to 44-year-olds remain steady at 1,100 per month from January 2018, but drastically spiked in July 2021 through November 2021, peaking at 2,172 per month just as these injections were rolled out. They almost doubled. Then there was another spike in February of this year, right around the time when the boosters were being mandated. These injections are harming and in many instances killing our young people. So what does SA Health have to say about this? Nothing. They continue to roll out the injections. They continue to push the injection narrative. This injection campaign is going to go down as the greatest scandal in medical history. And none of you said a single thing. But members of the Australian government criticising the vaccine on the floor of the Senate isn't just odd. It's a complete turnabout from their response to COVID. The country had draconian lockdowns, going as far as to put returning Australians into quarantine camps. Authorities would even arrest people who escaped and drag them back. Australia recently rolled out their fifth booster. Yes, you heard that right, fifth. 
More than 90% of Australia has been vaccinated against COVID. And depending on which news sources you trust, there were reports of the government force vaccinating Indigenous people. When Senator Antic pressed Moderna about how many adverse reports of the vaccine they received, no answer was given. Take a listen to this doozy. I referred earlier to a and uh, tabled a uh, report um, from a journal, uh, El Silvier, said that wrongly, recent report from the end of last year, which uh, stands for the proposition and found that uh, the rates of serious adverse reactions are occurring at a rate of one in 800 people vaccinated. Um, now, according to your own clinical trial data, um, do you accept uh, that that is the rate? And if not, uh, how does your overall rate of serious adverse events compare with um, routine traditional vaccine products such as uh, flu vaccines and the like? So um, I'm not aware of the report to which you're referring. This is, this is the report of a, of a, of a prominent um, uh, medical journal. You're not aware of that? Um, I'm not aware of that. Do you, do you think, do you, think you should not. be aware of that? Um, I think if you're able to provide that report, then um, well, we, we could provide I mean, this is part comment. of the frustration of this process is if you were here, we could provide you with that. But I mean, I, this, is, this has been widely reported. You are a manufacturer of vaccines. I find it difficult to think that you wouldn't be aware of this report. So, so what, 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 is your, uh, what is Moderna's overall rate of serious adverse events and how does that compare with routine vaccinations was the question. Um, so um, I, I, I don't have the actual rate of adverse events. Um, to you don't, you don't have the rates of adverse events in I front can, of you. If you just you, but you, don't, you can't tell me the rates of serious adverse events. You realise you've come to a Senate hearing today for the purposes of exactly that question, and you can't tell me the rates of serious adverse reactions to your product, which I find extraordinary. Well, what I can, what I can tell you is that uh, on the TGO website, there are, it reports there are 1.2 reports uh, per That's the TGA. I'm not asking about the TGA. I'm asking about Moderna. You, you, you must have that information. You are a multinational company. You're before a Senate inquiry and you cannot tell me the rates of serious adverse... I mean, it's quite extraordinary what you're telling me. Nobody can tell me that. But it gets better. Senator Matthew Canavan addressed Pfizer directly and asked if the company tested its COVID-19 vaccine prior to the rollout to see if it stopped or reduced transmission of the disease. Did Pfizer test whether your COVID-19 vaccine... Uh, could stop or reduce the transmission of the virus before its approval and rollout in late 2020? Senator, to bring this vaccine to patients, we were required to show that the vaccine was safe and effective in preventing illness, in preventing severe disease and in preventing hospitalisations. The primary purpose of vaccination was and remains to protect the person who received the vaccine. I'll just repeat the question. I appreciate that, but there hasn't been an answer to it. And perhaps I might just add into the record that on the 3rd of December 2020, your CEO, Mr Albert Burla, told MDC News, and I quote, I th when he was asked whether vaccinated people could carry and spread the virus, he responded to MDC News that, and I quote, I think this is something that needs to be examined. We are not certain about that right now. So was Mr Burla correct that as of December the 3rd, 2020, 
Pfizer did not know whether the vaccine could stop or reduce the spread of the virus. Senator, as with all vaccines seeking regulatory authorisation, the requirement is to demonstrate in robust clinical programs that the vaccine is safe and effective in preventing the infection, and in this case, in preventing severe disease and hospitalisation. I might just give you one more. Sorry to interrupt, but I've got very little time. I've got five minutes. So is a yes or no? Did you test whether the transmission would be reduced or stopped before the approval of the, the vaccine? Senator, we designed our clinical programs in agreement with regulatory agencies, the purpose of which was to demonstrate the vaccine was safe and effective in preventing infections. OK. All right, we might, we might just move on then. Senator Gerard Rennick doubles down on this question of transmission. And again, Pfizer comes up short for an answer. People were forced to take a vaccine that you said, and you've said today, was effective in preventing infection. And that's not the real-world data. The real-world data showed that almost 50% of the population, despite being vaccinated twice, if not three times, caught COVID. And you've just said it's very difficult to measure the duration. So are you going to retract the statement that the vaccine was effective? Because you've basically contradicted yourself already. Senator, the virus had uh, approval for the prevention of infection, for the prevention of severe disease and the prevention of hospitalisation. Despite the fact that the virus had evolved, had mutated significantly, vaccination remained significantly effective against severe disease and hospitalisation for prolonged periods. OK, I'll move on to safety. Thank you. Pfizer just can't help but deny reality. And someone else from the company had to butt in in this line of questioning and say yet again that they don't know what you're talking about when you say people were forced to get the vaccine. May I, may I say something? I, I actually uh, re reject your statement that people were forced to take the vaccine. Pfizer could also not explain the mechanism by which their vaccine appears to be causing myocarditis. Initially, when the vaccine was rolled out, myocarditis and pericarditis wasn't a recognised side effect. Does Pfizer understand why the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis? And if not, how then can it guarantee that it's not also injuring other organs? And can you explain the process why the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis? I'll take that, Dr Hewitt. Sure. Um, based on our clinical trials and pharmacovigilance data, as well as real-world evidence following the distribution now of, of billions of doses of vaccine, we retain confidence, strong confidence in the safety profile of the vaccine. So, sorry, Chair, point of order. Point of order. I've asked, do you understand why it causes, I know that it's a low risk, I'm asking, do you understand why it causes myocarditis? I want you, I want you to explain to me why it causes myocarditis. Do you Pfizer, understand why it causes myocarditis? Pfizer is aware of very rare reports of myocarditis and pericarditis that have been temporarily associated with vaccination. Well, that's However, still ongoing for some people. Senator Reddick, uh, Dr. Theroux should answer the question. Thank you, Dr. Theroux. According to public health experts and regulatory authorities around the globe, the number of reports of myocarditis remains small. Well, I'm not referring to the number of reports. I want you to explain to me the mechanism of how the vaccine causes myocarditis. Do you or do you not understand the mechanism of why the vaccine causes myocarditis? It looks to me like you don't. And if you don't understand it, why are you saying the vaccine is safe 
without qualifying the risks. Senator, uh, all medicines, all therapeutic products and vaccines have uh, benefits and have side effects as well. Looking at the totality of the evidence for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, uh, regulatory authorities, health authorities, experts globally, including in Australia within the Department of Health and the TGA, have maintained that the benefit-risk ratio... That's not the question that I asked. I asked, can you explain why the vaccine causes myocarditis? Yes or no? Uh, Senator, the benefit-risk... Yes or no? So you clearly don't understand the pathway, do you? Because you can't explain it. I'm not referring to the cost-benefit analysis here. I'm referring to do you understand the biochemical pathway as to why the vaccine causes damage to the heart. But I saved the best for last. Pfizer executives said that they provided their employees with a special batch of the vaccine. Hear it for yourself. You read that uh, your vaccine mandate was using your own batch of vaccine especially imported for Pfizer, which was not tested by the TGA. Is that correct? Uh, Senator, so Pfizer undertook to import um, a batch of vaccine specifically for the employee vaccination program. One vaccine for the people and another one for the important people. Sounds about right. Australia may be late to the party, but at least they're having one. The Republican-led, and that's key, Republican-led, U.S. House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic has not summoned any witness from Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, the CDC, FDA, Anthony Fauci, or Francis Collins to appear before the committee. There's also been zero interest in investigating the COVID vaccine clinical trials. Why is it that all the loudmouths on the right who complained about vaccine mandates or complained about COVID lockdowns haven't touched this one. Are they a little too scared? So after all this, you got to ask yourself, if Australia can start to face the truth, what's wrong with America? Well, that's a whole other podcast, one that you'll need a tinfoil hat and a glass of fluoride-free water to listen to. Thanks for listening to Overnight Opinions. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night for an all-new episode. In the meantime, be sure to follow the Ladies Love Politics channel on TikTok, Rumble, Brighteon, Truth Social, Twitter, and Instagram.